After their wins in Kansas, abortion advocates are motivated to take the abortion issue to five states on November 8th. If passed, these measures could wipe out all the pro-life gains in these several states and provide a roadmap forward in a post-Roe America. What can be done about it? Find out today on The Mark Harrington Show. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org and just click on the donate link on the right side of the page. We would appreciate your support of the work here and the radio program. And also, if you like the program, tell your friends, share it on social media, and you can subscribe to the program on all the popular podcasting platforms. So today we're going to be talking about what I think is one of the biggest challenges facing the pro-life movement here in the short term. I think it's the biggest threat that we face as well. And this show is an urgent call to action. So you want to make certain that you listen to every bit of it, because I believe that these the, the steps that we're going to give you here in the next several minutes are critical to uh, this plan that we have for a post-Row America. And in order to talk about that, I have on the program a good friend and colleague in the work, and that is Kristen Polo from Protect Life Michigan. Kristen, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. So, Kristen, we're in this post-Row world now, right? And uh, a lot of us, you know, we fought really hard for 49. Well, I didn't do it for 49 years, but we've been fighting to overturn Roe, put all of our, most of our eggs in that basket, and now we're on the other side of it. And a lot of us are now just trying to figure out what's going on. And we've seen already there was a defeat in Kansas with a state constitutional amendment that was put up by the pro-life side to give the authority to the state legislature to regulate or outlaw abortion. And that went down uh, in defeat. And now it looks like from what we can tell from the pro-abortion side, their roadmap forward could be introducing and trying to pass constitutional amendments to legalize abortion in key states like Michigan. And Michigan is one of those that more than likely, unless there's some kind of miracle, there's going to be a ballot uh, question on uh, the November 8th ballot. So that's why I wanted to bring you on because you are right in the firestorm of that battle and you know better than anybody else what it's all like. So uh, this is a really important program. It's something I'm going to be talking about over the next several weeks up until November 8th, because I really think it is the primary battle we've got to fight and win. Because if we lose a Michigan, um, I just think they're going to be emboldened to try to make this happen in different states, even like Ohio, in uh, 2022 and more than likely in 2024. So that's why I wanted to have you on the program today. I know it's still early a little bit, although you might feel like you're behind the eight ball. Uh, it's still early in Michigan. But if you could tell us, uh, why is this battle in Michigan so important? Well, it's important for several reasons. One, Michigan has really strong pro-life laws that protect women and unborn children. And so before voters this year is an all or nothing choice. They're going to be choosing between upholding our laws here or repealing every abortion regulation and restriction that's been passed for over 100 years 
and making abortion a constitutional right in our state, which would essentially mean any legal efforts moving forward to restrict abortion in any way um, would be impossible unless we were somehow able to undo this constitutional amendment. So the stakes are high, but in addition to that, we really see this as a test case here. They want to see if they can get this passed. Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood and the ACLU are behind this because they want to take this to other states. And so um, as many groups as possible should be helping us here in Michigan to defeat this because my fear is this is not just a Michigan issue. Right. This could be coming to your state next, Mark, or anyone else's. That's right. And um, I checked yesterday. There are six ballot measures after Roe between now and November. One's already happened in Kansas. They include California. Of course, we already know about Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, Vermont, and Michigan. And I suspect if they win, and even if they don't win, I think they're going to try this in different places. Uh, more than likely not in 2023 because it's an off-year election. But in 2024, they can, say, try it in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, some of these uh, key battlegrounds for the presidency. And the Democrat National Convention will pump millions of dollars into those campaigns because they know it'll help turn out the vote for them and elect a Democrat to the White House. So I I think this is like, we've, we've got to put a stop to this early on, and that's why I'm sounding the alarm. I'm obviously concerned for Michigan alone, not just because it borders Ohio, <laughs> because right now we have a six-week ban for all intents and purposes, heartbeat law, and women who cannot have an abortion here after six weeks are traveling to Michigan and Pennsylvania. And so if, if Michigan legalizes abortion, Guess what? We're faced with that for a very long time until, like you say, there can be a constitutional amendment to reverse it. And that's really hard to do. Tell us about the measure. What are they proposing? What's so bad about this other than that it legalizes abortion? But it's pretty extreme. Well, I mean, imagine you had everyone in Planned Parenthood together in a room and they could dream up their perfect proposal. This is it. Yeah. As I said, it's a constitutional amendment which means passing any kind of abortion restriction in the future would be deemed unconstitutional. It repeals all of our abortion regulations, making it legal through all nine months of pregnancy for anyone whatsoever. But in addition to that, it goes into a lot of other areas. It says create the fundamental right to miscarriage management, to prenatal care, to sterilization. And so there's some guesses there on to what that could mean, perhaps getting into you know the gender issues. Um, but it repeals health and safety standards on abortion clinics. It would allow people who aren't even doctors to perform abortions. It would indemnify anyone involved in an abortion. So it really prohibits the state from taking any action, even against a botched abortion. And then something that should concern people, no matter what they believe about abortion, is that it repeals parental consent. You know, a 12-year-old mm -hmm. has to have their parents' consent to have their tonsils removed or their ears pierced, but they could have an abortion if this were to pass without their parents' knowledge. That should concern everyone because parents have a right to protect and care for their children. I want people to understand the gravity of all this. If you could imagine, I mean, think about this. We labored, under, unfortunately, under the regime of Roe versus Wade for 49 years. That means the federal government so-called, they made up the right to abortion. 
And every state had to follow that, basically, until recently when the Dobbs case was handed down. And now it's been given back to the state legislatures. Think if the U.S. Constitution was amended to give the right to abortion to women in America. Well, that, that's what this would mean, but it's being done at the state level. And so these, uh, the abortion advocates are thinking about, well, okay, so we have the state-by-state battle. We can do it in Michigan. We can do it in Ohio, Pennsylvania. You know, we're going to legalize abortion up to the very moment of birth in the Constitution. It's going to be very, very hard to reverse that. And that's why I think this is such a bellwether or could be for the rest of the country. If you would, Kristen, tell us how we're going to beat this, because, you know, I'm ringing the bell. I'm calling. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. Uh, you know, I am sounding the alarm for people to come to Michigan. How do we beat it? Well, Mark, your support has given me so much confidence that we will beat it. And frankly, it's a proposal that should be pretty easy to beat. It is so extreme that like 95% of people who are pro-choice don't support what's wrapped up in here. So it's not like all hope is lost, but we need a lot of help. We need money. We need people. We need resources brought here to Michigan. There's a ground campaign that's being put together. If anyone's able to volunteer to knock doors, make calls, send text messages, or if they're able to donate, we can use your help in all of those ways. And I can help you get connected with the groups who are on the ground doing that work. But Wherever you are, please help us in Michigan. We are in need of the support of the entire pro-life movement. So where can people go? I, I assume you have a place where people can go to sign up. And I think more than likely you're asking them to do a lot of your door-to-door deployments, that is going door-to-door and talking to people about this. Right. So my piece in particular with my organization is working on hitting persuadable voters and encouraging them to vote no on this amendment. Um, So that's the biggest need that we have. But if people aren't able to help with that, there are other ways to help. Uh, People can go to our website, protectlifemi.org. And under okay. the about section, there's there's a contact form they can fill out. If just somebody wants to send us a quick message, let us know they're interested in helping. We'll reach out within 24 hours and get you plugged in. So that's protectlifemi.org. That's protectlifemi.org. It'll be in the uh, description section of my social media posts as well. And you can come come to Michigan. If you have time, come to Michigan. I'm telling you, this is a call to arms, a call to action. I want activists from all over the United States taking time in October or, and I'm sorry, September and October to come to Michigan and just say, I am here to help. Put me to work, whether it's door to door, whether it's holding signs, whether whatever it is, making phone calls, they can contact Protect Life Michigan to get involved. I really cannot tell you, I can't overemphasize the importance of this, and I'm afraid we're a little bit behind the, the eight ball uh, on this whole thing because we've been fighting the Roe v. Wade battle for so long. Uh, you know, I'm not blaming anybody here. It's just you know we're we're playing a little bit of catch up in some of these states, and and so we need to do everything we can to to beat this thing. Mark, can can I put it this way for everyone watching and listening? There are few opportunities in your lifetime where the way Mm -hmm. you use your time in the coming months could help determine life or death for hundreds of thousands of people. This Mm -hmm. is one of those moments. I believe this is the year that God has called me to the pro-life 
movement for, and very likely many other people as well, the way we use our time and resources in these next two months will determine life or death for hundreds of thousands. And Michigan needs your help in order to save those lives. Agreed, agreed. And, and, you know, it it is about Michigan. We want to win in Michigan because we care about the children in Michigan and the mothers, of course. But we're also saying we need to stop it here because it's going to come to other states. In my state of Ohio, they are already gearing up for this very thing. And so we've got to put a check on this and say, no, you're not going to get away with this the way you think you are. We're going to win in Michigan and then we're going to beat them in every state that they try to do this if they do coming down the pike. Because if we don't, we may wipe, they may wipe out all the, the uh, victories, I guess, or the, the, you know, that we've won just recently, you know, over the last say 49 years, right. Of, of all these restrictions and bans and all the things we've done so well, that could all be wiped out in one single day in a state like Michigan. So uh, I can't. It could end up in a situation than we were under Roe. I mean, it's hard to imagine. We were all praying we want Road to fall, and it did. But if we don't watch it and we don't get our act together here, we could be in a worse situation in many regards than if Roe versus Wade was actually in place. I hate to say that, but it's possible if we had a a series of defeats in Michigan and other places, we could be in a worse situation than we were before. So I'm not an alarmist, folks. I'm not an alarmist. I'm telling you, go to Michigan, help us out. Go to protectlifemi.org. That's protectlifemi.org. Kristen, if you would, one last, uh, if you would, parting words to the audience. Uh, Just so you know, I'm going to have Kristen on uh, over the next several weeks as a regular feature, just to give us updates from Michigan, because it's that important. Your radio activists and pro-life, our, our group here at Create Equal is investing a lot of our time and effort in Michigan, and I hope you do the same. Thank you. Uh, if you're not able to come personally and help, the one thing I have neglected to mention, which is the most important thing, is that we need to be pouring out in prayer mm-hmm. Praying that doesn't make on the ballot, praying that it's defeated, praying that these lives are saved um, and that these awful, awful laws don't go into effect here. So everyone who's listening and watching can certainly pray. And we are begging you to do that. And then if you're able to get involved, go to protectlifemi.org, go to our about section, fill out that contact form, and we'll reach out within 24 hours and find a way to plug you in. And friends, spread the word, word of mouth. If you have a platform, social media or otherwise, start posting on this. Get Kristen opportunities for media interviews across the country. Alert your other, these other pro-life organizations in different parts of the country. We cannot be parochial about this. I mean, I care about Ohio, but I care about babies worldwide. And I'll fight wherever the battle is the hottest. And right now it's in the state of Michigan. So I exhort you to get involved. Thank you, Kristen, for being on the program. Thank you for having me, Mark. So let's go to the mailbag. Spencer, what do you got? Uh, Yes, sir. We have a question from John. Can you legislate morality? Religion should have no place in lawmaking, he says. What do you say to that, Mark? Well, that's a good question. We hear it all the time on college campuses when people say we can't legislate morality. In other words, they're telling us that we can't force people to follow a particular religion, really what they're trying to tell us, and that religion should have no part in politics. 
Well, instead of me answering that, I'm going to let my good friend and colleague, great Gabriel Vance, answer that. He had that question asked him on the street the other day in one of our outreaches. So if you would just play that clip and Gabriel answer it for us. Dan came up to me saying that he was Jewish and he was really angry because he believed that abortion is allowed by his religion, by the Torah, which I disagree with. But he said that the Supreme Court now in overturning Roe is forcing Christianity on others, is forcing our religion on others. But I said, my answer to that was just because government might decide a law that aligns with some religions and not others, doesn't mean that that law should not be in place, right? There's some religions that have allowed human sacrifice that might be in support of um, spouse abuse or killing a victim of rape as a solution to that that injustice happening. Just because those people, those crimes aren't against religion, doesn't mean that it's wrong for government to have laws protecting people against slavery, against rape, against these different injustices. So our law should follow natural human rights. If something violates a natural human right, like the right to life, which abortion does, intentionally kills an innocent human, then it should be banned by a civil society. Even if some religions agree with that and some religions might disagree, we should all agree that the government should protect innocent human beings within their borders. And I had a- it's an excellent, excellent answer. I think uh, Gabriel does a great job. First of all, I'd say to the person on the street that asked this question, or John, who asked it, first of all, that when the Supreme Court handed down Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court's not a church. So it's not a, you know, a church or a Christianity forcing a particular view on the American people. This is the United States Supreme Court saying the constitutional, there is no constitutional right to abortion. The problem is they're trying to equate that with Christianity because Christianity says that um, we should not murder. And so that's what they're doing. They're projecting onto us the decision of the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court happens to agree with the Bible. That's the problem. What they see is the problem. But it's really the Constitution of the United States that prohibits abortion or at least says that it doesn't uh, have there is no right to abortion. The other thing I'd say, and Gabriel did a great job, but I'd also say this, uh, every single law forces morality on other people. The question is, whose morality is going to be forced on someone else? Is it going to be their morality or our morality? I mean, is it going to be the, the, the people who, who uh, you know, don't agree with us, that don't believe in God, or those who believe in God, or everything in between? That's what legislation and law is in a representative republic. Certain people are going to force their morality on other people. So that's what law is. That's the point. Supposed to restrain evil. And in a representative republic, our laws are uh, arrived at by the people through their representatives. So somebody's morality is going to be forced on someone else. And then I think he's just got the wrong idea, the separation of church and state, which of course is not in the U.S. Constitution. It was in a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists who said that there was a wall of separation between church and state. The Constitution doesn't say that. It just says that Congress should make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And the prohibition was to Congress. That's it. And so I think we've we've unfortunately expanded this notion of the separation of church and state to apply to anyone who wants to bring religion into the public sphere. The founders never intended that at all. In other words, you can bring every other worldview in to the public sphere, sphere, a lot of people would think, but don't bring religion in because the Constitution prohibits it. That is inaccurate. It's not right. It's a lie. So. 
Uh, that was a great answer by Gabe. And um, somebody's morality is going to be forced on another. That's what law does. Now, folks, I want you to take action today where I talked to Kristen Polo. And I cannot exhort you enough to get involved in this Michigan campaign to stop abortion extremism. So go to protectlifemi.org. Uh, if you're interested in, in getting involved, I cannot emphasize the importance of this enough because this would make the right to abortion a constitutional right in the state of Michigan and give the pro-abortion movement uh, momentum to try to do this on in several states in 2024 and beyond. And then finally, I'd like to just take a minute and make a commentary about some things I've seen on social media lately. And it's this, you know, there's a lot of people that think that social media, using the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is the way to reach people. Now, I believe people can be reached, but typically the way that things are set up now on social media, you're going to only reach the choir, the people that agree with you. You're not going to likely reach the people that disagree with you. And unfortunately, I think our movement, a lot of conservatives have put a lot of money, millions of dollars into the social media platforms. I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but I got news for you. Eventually, those platforms are going to go away because the people that control those platforms and own them are censoring conservatives and Christians. Even if we were reaching the masses, the public in general, using social media, eventually we've got a plan for the likelihood, I say high likelihood, the probability that these platforms eventually are going to go away. Social reformers have always used the public square to reach people. And unfortunately, I think we've raised up a generation of keyboard activists, those who use the Internet and create these videos and memes and, and, and graphics and, and posts and all that stuff. And eventually those are going to go away. And I don't think they really reach the public at large anyway. I think we need to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. We got a lot of talkers and I'm one of them. Listen, I got a radio program, you know, so I talk, but I try to get people into the game. I'm giving them real time opportunity to get involved in public activism in the, on the streets and college campuses, high schools and across the country, meeting people one on one, having conversations with them. And I think that's the only way we're going to get this done. We're never going to change public opinion by going to social media. A lot of people say, well, that is the public square today. I disagree. It's not. I think I think you're just speaking mostly to the choir. I think it's time that we come from behind our keyboards and get out in the streets and start changing public opinion on abortion and other critical issues facing our country. or We're going to lose our nation. Uh, and these, these social media, big tech organizations and companies are going to shut us down. And all they need is one event, one precipitating event to, to justify it. So just keep in mind, this isn't about us. It's not about building big platforms. Social reformers have always been hated. They always will be hated because they went against the grain of culture. Uh, they did things that upset people. And I think what we do with social media and other things, we have to bend the knee to these large social media and big tech companies in order to meet their guidelines, in order to pass through the sensors that they set up. And in essence, we're dumbing down the message to uh, the people that we want to reach. 
So I am one that is a traditional person that thinks we need to go to the public square primarily to reach people. I'm not against galas and con uh, concerts and these kinds of events, but I think we need to do things that are going to rock the boat, rock the boat. Uh, no social reformer, successful social reformer has ever been uh, successful in outlawing an injustice by covering it up. They've never been successful by not upsetting people because if they're trying to change people's behavior on something that they don't want to change their behavior on, they're going to get a bunch of pushback. And that's why you will find me, the radio activist, on the streets leading an activist organization that is making changes in front of people. We're, we're actually going into the public square and talking to people face to face. Although social media is a way to reach people to get out our message to those who already agree with us to promote our work and get more people into the game. It's really not, in my opinion, a way to change people's minds who disagree with us because they aren't following you. I can guarantee it. They're not following you. And the, the internet and social media companies, these big tech companies aren't letting them see your information on social media. So that's just my particular point of view. I think we got too many talkers and not enough doers. And if you're a doer, join me. We need more doers. Come to Michigan, help us out. Go to protectlifemi.org or go to createdequal.org to find out more as to how you can get in the fight to end abortion and abolish it altogether. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.